Welcome to Who is My Neighbor, the podcast highlighting community leaders making a difference. I'm Jenny Devlin, and I'm excited to be here with Amy Craig today. Amy has served on the Hopkinsville City Council for five years. She has worked with the Beautification Committee on the Library Board, is currently serving on the Museum Board, and is the Chairman of the Future Funding Committee, determining the usage of COVID rescue funds. She is a high school French teacher, where she also is the Key Club Advisor. Amy and her husband, Nathan, have been married for 23 years, and they have three daughters, ages 15 to 19. Amy has lived in her current community for 14 years. Amy, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here today, and I'm so excited to talk about all the wonderful things that you're doing. Thank you. So let's start out by talking about city council. Sure. I don't think that I'm alone in not really knowing exactly what city council members do. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that and maybe some of the issues that you address. What exactly? Sure. Sure. It's one of those things that I didn't even know what city council did until one day I decided to run, which is a whole nother story. But really what city council does is a big part of it is working with the mayor to oversee the budget for the city. That's a big part of it is budgetary restrictions and things like that. But another thing that the city does is we've got all these different departments. And so each city council member is responsible for overseeing different boards. Okay. So you mentioned the boards I serve on, but there's a whole bunch of other boards and boards that you wouldn't even think about things like the garbage and the water and electric board. I mean, so we've got all these boards and everybody comes together to help make a city function. So really the meetings and things like that that we have are just making sure that the city is functioning in the way it needs to from a budget standpoint, but also we always have things we're trying to improve on. Um, It might be something as simple as filling potholes or it might be something major like we recently did, well, we're working on a greenway like it's a trail it's like the old Mm. railroad tracks that are being turned into a walking trail and that's obviously a huge project that's kind of ongoing over several years so there's always projects in the works and we're always looking to the future on ways that we can better the community as a whole so that's what I do that's so good to know and all those pieces coming together like you said to make it function that's yeah so So in our particular city council there's 12 city council members so each city council member is over there they, they call it a ward, but it's really like a na- like a neighborhood, kind of like our region. So I oversee my little neighborhood, but also we obviously work together for the whole city. So everybody's kind of got their own little piece of what they're working on. And then we all come together and then we meet at least three times a month. So very that's cool. That's so interesting. Yeah. I'm curious with that. Do you have any favorite projects that you have been involved in? Some of the things that stood out to you? There are a lot of favorite projects. I'm trying to think specifically where I've seen the biggest difference is on these different boards that I've served on. So city council, like I said, really a lot of it has to do with the city budget, which is awesome. But 80% of the budget goes towards fire, the fire department and the police department. So there's not a whole lot of wiggle room with like extra money. So a lot of it's really just making sure departments have what they need. But where I feel like I've seen the biggest difference is serving on the library and on the museum board. Our museum that a lot of people don't even know about, but we have this really cute little museum in Hopkinsville and it underwent a $1.5 million renovation. So I was heavily involved in that 
And that really was exciting. Everything from exhibit design to the carpet to the lighting. It was really fun to be a part of that project and really see the end result because it was really taking place over about three years. So anyway, our museum is totally done and beautiful and fabulous. So that was really exciting. But even just something as simple as like programming with the library, you know, we're always looking for additional programs to help reach different members of our community. And I think that that's really fulfilling as well to know that you're making a difference in some small way. Very cool. That is neat. And I would have never thought, I'm sure you probably never thought running for city council that you would be, be involved in no. renovating I a never, building, right? No, I, I really would have never, ever thought it, but it's, it's interesting because some of the boards, I'm not sure I would be as passionate about, I'll be totally honest, but those aren't my boards. So I don't worry about it. Like for example, um, one of our city council members serves on the airport board. We have a teeny, teeny, tiny airport. I don't really know what he does. I, I really don't, but I mean, he's really super passionate about that airport board in the same way that I'm passionate about the library and the museum. So, you know, it's good that we have different personalities that all have different interests then we can kind of really all, you know, work together. So I think it's great that everybody does have something that they can bring to the table. So I love that. That's so great. And I think part of what I'm learning as I'm doing these interviews is that no two people are the same and that we all yep. fit in somewhere else and we fit, yeah. you know, we can bring something else to the table and help our community in another way. Absolutely. I think everybody has something to offer. Absolutely. That's so great. And I love to hear that. What are some of the biggest challenges that city council members face as, as you help your community? For sure, there's a lot of challenges, but I, I think the biggest challenge is, and this is probably not even just in Hopkinsville or in our, in our region, but I think this is in our country. There's just an overwhelming sense of negativity and it's really discouraging. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of complaining. And when you're surrounded by it a lot, it can really bring you down. So all these great projects that are happening, somehow it feels minimized when you do get bombarded with so much negativity. So I think that's a challenge is negativity, but also just people who distrust the government. A lot of that comes from COVID. I think people don't trust anybody. And I mean, and that's understandable, but that's really hard to overcome just, a, I guess, a sense of I don't know. People, people just don't trust anybody. They don't trust the jet. They don't trust the government. They don't trust their neighbor. You know, I mean, it's really kind of a sad situation when you do see just that overwhelming sense of distrust. So I think those are probably two of the biggest ones. And some of that stems from social media as well. You have a lot of people I mean, you can call them trolls or whatever you want to, but a lot of people love to just spout out hatred whether, you know, I mentioned the, the rail trail, for example. So, you know, we have this project, a lot of it came from grant money. We were super excited about it. No matter how excited I am about something, there's going to be somebody who can't stand it, you know, that, that thinks it's a terrible idea. It's a waste of money. You know, no matter what people are not going to agree with me, they're not going to agree with the government. And I think sometimes that's discouraging, but I'm learning to have a thicker skin and not take things personally. But it, for a while, it really used to bother me because I felt like people were attacking me as the person. But I think sometimes there's deeper issues that we don't always understand and we have to take it with a grain of salt. So moving forward, trying to be positive, but there's always going to be negativity. 
That's so tricky. And I think for us as, you know, community members, if we need to come forward with, you know, ideas or other things like that to try to remember there's a person behind behind the comments and behind the, you know, that are working really hard to do that. There are. I mean, and I think that's, that is, that's true of any community. That's true Mm -hmm. of our, you know, our state leaders and our local leaders and our, you know, our people that are in the, in the country, as far as our presidential leaders, you know, everybody has feelings and we do need to remember that sometimes, but you know, that said, it is good that people have the opportunity to voice concerns. And a lot of times we do get good feedback from those concerns, you know, so it's not always bad um, because I think concerns can be really helpful as far as looking at ways to improve and really growing a community. But I think concerns can be expressed in a way that aren't so hateful. So I think that's, that's, so good, that's so harsh, something yeah. that I hope a lot of people realize is that you can still complain and you can still express, you know, your whatever feeling you have, but it, it can be done in a non-confrontational way. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, it does make sense. I think, you know, <laughs> a spoonful of sugar. <laughs> makes them Absolutely. Sugar. I mean, yeah, but you can, you can still be kind. You can still be kind even while you're expressing concerns. So. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. I'm curious if there's something that sparked your interest in becoming a city council. There is actually, that's the question. So really what what happened was many years ago, I'm trying to remember how many, seven or eight years ago, maybe I was appointed to be on the beautification commission. So beautification commission, beautification committee, beautification was at that time doing a lot of projects to try to add beauty to the community. Um, A lot of it was like landscaping, flower pots. I mean, any, like we have these beautiful hanging flower baskets in the summer downtown, those kinds of projects to add beauty. So I got involved in another project that was adding these banners to Fort Campbell Boulevard that were seasonal. Okay. So there would be like a big Eagle in the summer or some fall leaves in the fall. And it was just a way to add some color to Fort Campbell Boulevard. Well, anyways, I got so involved in that, that I got to know a lot of different people people in the community. And I had several people say, you know, you should really run for office. And I thought, no, that's not really my personality. Well, what happened was we needed some additional funding for these banners for beautification. And we needed to make a presentation to city council, basically asking for money. And I got nominated to make that presentation. So I put together a presentation that had some pictures and ideas of what we had planned, the amount of money that was needed. And I gave this presentation and I just got a lot of good positive feedback from that presentation to where it gave me enough confidence to think, you know, I could do this. So I really had no idea what I was doing. I've never run for anything in my life. I was not in student government in high school. I mean, I'd never done this before, but with a lot of really helpful people, I filed my paperwork. I did a whole ton of campaigning. My kids and my husband helped me with that. And the rest is history. So I ended up uh, winning by only 63 votes, which I think is important because every vote does count. And I did beat out the incumbent, which a lot of people said was impossible. So, you know, it did show that hard work can pay off and that every vote really matters. So it was kind of a big process, but really it started with me being involved 
locally on that beautification committee. And so anytime I have people say to me, you know, I want to be more involved, there are always boards with vacancies, boards that you don't even know exist. And I think that's a really great way to get involved. But that obviously kind of triggered my desire to do a little bit more. So that's kind of how it started. That's so interesting. I love that. And I love that you didn't know anything about it because I think so many of us don't know anything about a lot of things that we're headed towards and, you know. Oh, I had no idea because I mean, you've got to file paperwork and I, 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 I had to have, well, the city clerk, who's now a dear friend of mine, she had to show me, you know, where to sign and what I'm supposed to, I mean, I had literally no idea, no idea. So, you know, all of these little things I kind of learned as I went, but it really did. It taught me a lot, but I think it also taught my children a lot because I think it showed them that we can put ourselves out there and take a risk and do something different, but they actually would go door to door with me and talk to people. And I think that was a really positive thing for our family. It brought us together to be able to, to kind of all be working towards a common goal. And then when we had, well, election night, when the results were coming in at one point, I was down, you know, we're waiting for these different areas to come in and I was down and I thought I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose. But even then is, I mean, I was trying not to cry, not going to lie, but, but I thought, you know, it's okay. It's been a really learning, growing experience. And then obviously the, the numbers turned, but when I did win, it was like a family celebration. My kids were there. My husband was there and it was really special. I'll never forget it. It was really, really fun. And so now I'm running again and I have an opponent and there's no telling. I mean, this opponent could become victorious. And if she does, that's okay. It's her time and that's fine. But I am really grateful that I've had the opportunity to be involved in this capacity, but even not being an elected official, there's still so many opportunities to serve. And I've learned a lot from this experience. So anybody can do it. You don't have to be elected. That's so perfect. We all fit somewhere. I love that. Yes. I would love to talk more about how community members can support our cities and what are some ways if we haven't been involved, what are some ways we can begin to be involved in our city and making it a better place and supporting it, making decisions, that kind of thing. Is there an easy place to start? Well, you know, one of the best ways to start is to look for different service opportunities that are generally posted. Now I'm going to be honest, COVID has made things trickier than it has in the past because I don't feel like there's quite as many as there used to be, but like our city's Facebook page and website will oftentimes be posting different service opportunities. It might be something as simple as a cleanup day. We do that several times a year where people will all meet at a central location. You're given gloves and trash bags and we pick up trash. I mean, something like that is a really great way to start because it does kind of make you feel like, you know, I really did something to make a difference. But another thing that can be done is looking at different organizations that may need help within the city. Like some that always need help here are the Boys and Girls Club, I know they're always looking for tutors and things like that. Our YMCA is generally looking for volunteers. Our library, there's a group, a group of volunteers at the library that cleans books on Thursdays. I mean, it could be something simple, but it can become a habit to where it's something you really enjoy. So I think my advice would be if there's a particular area of the city that interests you, look at ways that you can volunteer there. So 
there's always opportunities, but sometimes it does require that you ask, you know, it's not always going to be right in front of you. Um, but when you ask about something that can be a really great opportunity. Now Hopkinsville has another really cool program called city diplomats where it's free, you apply, but you learn about how city government works. So it's kind of like a little mini leadership conference. And that's something that we often try to advertise as well as a way to kind of be more involved and learn what to do. So there's lots of things out there, but I do think sometimes it requires that you, you look around and look outside your own little circle for ways that you can reach out and do something. Another area that's always looking for volunteers is the Salvation Army. I have not been on that board, but I've worked closely with the Salvation Army and they always are looking for people to help. So, you know, I think what it really requires is somebody who's willing and somebody who has a little bit of time because giving of ourself does oftentimes require a little bit of time. But if you can give a few hours a week, I think it does make a big difference. That's so perfect. And a lot of those things that you talked about needing volunteers all the time, I think that's probably nationwide. I'm, oh, most absolutely. of those organizations are everywhere. And They're I'm sure everywhere. And that's why I mentioned those organizations, yeah. because it doesn't matter what city you're in. These are going to be organizations that all probably are looking for some type of, of volunteer, for sure. That's great. And then you also mentioned having time. I actually am curious. I know you're very involved in your church, in your family, in your community, at the school where you teach. How are you able to kind of create that community and private life balance of making sure you're everywhere you need to be? Well, and that, that is a challenge for sure. When I first ran for city council, I had young children. I mean, not young, young, but none of them were driving. I mean, they were young enough where I was still the chauffeur. Mm -hmm. And there were times where, you know, you hear the conversation, it takes a village. There really were times that I had to rely on other people to help me. And I think that's where sometimes we, as women, need to help each other out to provide these opportunities. It might be something as simple as, hey, can you drop my daughter off at dance? Or, you know, can you run an errand for me really quick or whatever. But there, there were times where I literally couldn't be everywhere at once. And so nobody has more than 24 hours a day. And you obviously have to take care of yourself. But that said, I think you have to prioritize, you know, look at what matters most. And as much as I love serving in the community, my family will always come first. And that's, and that's the reality. Family's going to come first. And then my job. And then past that, we want to fill in those gaps with things that we can do to really make a difference. But when people say they don't have time, that's really an excuse because I do feel that everybody can carve out of their schedule a little bit of time to serve somebody else. It might mean, you know, just eliminating a TV show or it might be, you know, let's get off social media for a few minutes. So I think sometimes we say we're busier than we really are. So taking an agenda, you know, I map out my day. I've got this and this and this and this. Actually, what I do is I kind of section off my days. You know, I teach school and then after school, it's like I'm moving into phase two. Okay, like what's happening now? You know, and I think when we do prioritize our time, it is fulfilling when we feel like we've accomplished something worthwhile. So even when we're busy, it's worth it because it will make us feel better. But we also can help somebody else and know we're making a difference. Did that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. And it was perfect. <laughs> and I think, like you said, compartmentalizing your day 
then you can like, I'm in this section and now I'm going to turn yes. that section off and I'm going to move on. And that section's over till tomorrow or whatever it is, you know? No. And that's absolutely true. Because if you keep thinking about something when you're supposed to be thinking about something else, it gets jumbled. So like, for example, we just found out this afternoon that school is going to be online tomorrow because we have over 20% of our students that are absent from school today. It's a hot mess. I mean, everybody's sick. Anyway, it's it's really crazy. And so we had to bring home our computers, all of our books, all of our stuff. I honestly, at this point, have absolutely no idea what I'm teaching tomorrow online. No idea. <laughs> but I'm going to worry about that later. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, you know, I do have some additional things I need to do tonight for the city. So I thought, well, I'm going to, I've got this interview, I'm going to make dinner, and then I'm going to worry about my city stuff. And then I'll focus on school. And whatever I don't finish, it's okay. I can get up and do some more tomorrow morning. But I do think we can beat ourselves up when we don't feel like we're doing enough. Because we're never going to be 100% exactly where we want to be. But when we kind of prioritize and say, okay, I'm going to do this from this time to this time, I feel like we can get as much done as we can, but still stay sane because we don't want to go crazy town. But at the same time, I do want to make sure that I'm using my time in a way that is, that's why I want to use it wisely. I just want to feel like I'm, I'm not wasting my day. So there's definitely no wasting today and not but. feel guilty about not doing something at another time or yeah, absolutely absolutely okay so with high school you're talking about high school and you're being online mm. tomorrow you teach french correct I do. and you are the key cup key club advisor i gotta be honest i had to google that i've heard oh, of it but key i was club like i actually am not sure <laughs> what it is i would love for you to talk some about key club Absolutely. I love Key Club. Key Club is one of the greatest things. Now, Key Club falls under the umbrella of the Kiwanis Club. Have you heard of Kiwanis before? I've heard of it. Yeah, there's like two adult clubs that sometimes they rival each other, actually, which is funny to me because they're both service organizations. But you have Rotary Club and you have Kiwanis Club. Okay. Kiwanis Club, I'm actually a member of Kiwanis Club. I'm not as active as I want to be because I'm teaching school during the day. But Key Club falls under Kiwanis in the sense that it's the high school version of Kiwanis. Okay. So the whole purpose of the Kiwanis Club is to provide service, but they specifically like providing service for children. All right. So they do a motto every week about uh, making a difference, one child and one community at a time. So trying to reach out for children that need help in whatever way it is. So a lot of Kiwanis's service opportunities do have to do with children. And I love that. But as far as Key Club is concerned, we really provide service at the school level and at the community level. And so the way that I have been organizing this club is through a Google Classroom. So I post announcements on there with service opportunities. They'll respond back, you know, all say meet me here or do this or do that. And I have the largest key club that I've ever had this year. I think we have almost 70 students that are in this club. It's huge. And it's amazing wow. what they do. So we have a few service opportunities that are kind of standard every year. And then a few other ones that I kind of just throw in there. Um, but one of our very biggest service opportunities happened in December. And it's called Warm the Children. So this is a Hopkinsville Kiwanis service opportunity. And what we do is take donations throughout the year. And then at Christmas time, each child that has been designated by the Salvation Army is given about $85. And so we as volunteers 
call the parent of this child that's receiving this money. And sometimes it's children. Sometimes there's multiple children and we go shopping with them and provide clothing for these, these kids that need some additional help. It's the most rewarding, fabulous thing ever. We just love it. And so I will have students, we do it at Walmart. So my students will meet me at Walmart. I will pair off one of the parents with a couple of students and they will help this parent shop. You know, we'll look at sizes, what do they need? And then we go and then we check out kind of in a special way since they're not paying for it, they take it home. And it's really amazing to know that you're really helping somebody, but this is really great on multiple levels because you have people that have donated financially, but my key club students are donating their time and they love doing it. I mean, I usually have kids fighting to do it because they know how good it makes them feel to be able to, to do this shopping. So anyway, that's one of our biggest opportunities this year. We shopped for, 23 I believe kids 23 kids my club it was awesome wow that is so incredible and I love that you're getting them involved in service so young so that they can feel that excitement for it yeah so this is high school students so and the one other thing I love about key club is that there's no grade point average like requirement it's Mm -hmm. for anybody so anybody who wants to join can join and become more service-minded and so it, sometimes the service opportunities are simple, like, you know, picking trash up around the school or another service opportunity that we do a, at least a couple times a year is write little thank you notes and put them in people's lockers or in teachers' mailboxes. But I do want these students to realize that it doesn't always have to be some huge service project. It can be something simple and we're making a difference. So anyway, we we don't really meet as a club besides the virtual meetings just because it is so large and because everyone's got crazy schedules. But I try to have at least one service opportunity a week for them. So oh wow. So yeah. I mean it's frequent. They're doing it all the time. All the time. And like this week was super easy, but a lot of them were fighting for this one too. We've got basketball games going on, you know, this basketball season and they were looking for the school was looking for volunteers for students to kind of work the gate where you're taking money and giving tickets, but that's still providing service because you're giving of your time to help the school. So they all wanted to do that, but that's easy. So anyways, so it's sometimes it's in the school, you know, service opportunities in the school. And then other times, like I said, it's in the community. We rang the bell for the Salvation Army. You know, those kind of things we're doing, um, especially throughout the Christmas season. But then in the spring, we'll do a big community litter pickup day. Those kinds of events are really fun, too. We did a really fun event for Halloween this year that I've never done before. One of my dear friends who's the museum director wanted to do a service project cleaning tombstones. Oh, interesting. That would be kind of interesting around Halloween. So in October, I didn't have a huge group. It was like five students, but we went and learned how to properly clean these headstones. But we could only clean the ones that were over a certain age. I mean, these are like from the 1700s. I mean, these are 1800s, old, old, old. Sometimes just looking at them, you couldn't even see the names on them. But then when we cleaned them, the words would start popping out and all of a sudden we could read who it was. It was so cool. The students who did it absolutely loved doing it. And we were obviously filthy when we were done. But every time I drive by that cemetery, I'm like, we did that, you know? So I think that does give you a sense of pride in your community when you know that you contributed to something. So 
anyway, that was kind of a fun service project, but it's ongoing all year long. So that's what I do. Does that make sense with Key Club? But it's fun. yes, yes, absolutely. And I, you're right. Halloween is a perfect time for that. I love that. I know it was super. We'll probably do it every year because it really was so positive that I told her name's Alyssa Keller, the director of the museum. I said, we're going to just make this a tradition. So it was fun. That's perfect. And then do you come up with all of these service activities or are the kids helping the students helping? Both. Both. So ironically, my uh, middle daughter, who's a senior in high school this year, she's the key club president. So she and she has a vice president and a secretary and a treasurer. So and then we also actually have a media specialist who wants to be like publishing some of the things we're doing so that we kind of put ourselves out there a little bit as a club. Mm -hmm. So really, it is a student led organization. So this I am kind of running the actual classroom as far as the site, but they do come up with ideas and bring them to me. They do a lot. So it's not just participate in the activities. I want them to help me come up with them as well. And they do a great job. And planning everything. That is so yeah. cool. Very cool. Well, I'm glad to learn about Key Club. I wish I would have known about yeah. it. I, I know. Mean, it's awesome. Now I do know for my kids to go through it. <laughs> yeah. So now when you hear about Key Club, this is something you definitely want to participate in. And another thing that's really great about Key Club is that there are some scholarship opportunities, especially for seniors. My oldest daughter got $1,500 from a Key Club scholarship. There are even universities that give it's like an automatic. I'm trying to remember because one of my students is going to Mississippi state and I had to fill out a form as his key club advisor that saying that he was active in key club and he automatically got like $500 or something in a scholarship just for participating in key club. And I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. So there are scholarship opportunities as well being involved in this organization. So I think that's another added bonus. So cool. Well, service is so important. And I think universities probably see that and think, okay, they're thinking more about other people than just themselves. And Absolutely. I think you're right. I think, and it also, since it does foster a lot of leadership, I think that says a lot about these students as well. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Is there anything else about Key Club that you can think of that you wanted to add? I don't think I so. Pretty well. I, I, just, I just hope that it's helping students learn the value of service. Yeah, I want, I do. I want them to realize because naturally teenagers are selfish. They're very self-absorbed. They are. And so the goal of this is to help them recognize that there are other people out there, first of all, and that they, as one person, one little person can make a difference. And so I'm hoping that it helps them do that. And then service becomes a habit And I'm hoping for them, it becomes a lifelong habit and not just a key club habit, but it sparks something in them to where they want to be more service minded as adults. And then hopefully they pass that on to their children and then it spreads. That's the goal. And it makes a community, right? I mean, that is building a service oriented community. That's really absolutely beautiful. One of the things I was going to ask you is about the magnitude of service of seeing all of these people working together and how much we can do with when we just do our little part, our one little piece. Do you feel like you've had any experiences that stand out to you with seeing that magnitude and how working together we can accomplish so much? Oh yeah. All, a lot actually. I mean, there's, there's been several experiences and this one's, I don't know why this one just popped into my head, but one of the little key club experiences that we had last year was to make a little garden 
at the museum, actually. I'm trying to remember how this even came about. But there is a really famous man from Hopkinsville. His name was Edgar Casey, And Edgar Casey was like this visionary. And he was really into herbs and like natural healing and stuff like that. Anyway, there's this Edgar Casey exhibit at the museum. And the museum director had wanted to do a herb garden kind of in honor of Edgar Casey, but also to grow herbs that he would have grown back in the, I think it was like either late 1800s, early 1900s. So anyways, they wanted to do this herb garden. And we had this little piece of land and it was like, okay, do it. And I, I'm trying to remember how many students I had there that day. I want to say it was maybe seven or eight, seven or eight students. And we, with everybody doing what they were asked to do, it was like we had our shovels, you know, we were going to get this land prepared. And then we planted these herbs and I was, oh, before that, I think we laid down some rock. Anyways, it was a lot of landscaping type things, but I was amazed at the final product because if I had tried to do it myself, it would have taken days, days. But when everybody came together, we really had it done in about two hours. And I think that's typical of so many service projects because a lot of hands make for light work. You know, when we all come together, I've definitely seen that to be true in our litter pickup days. I mean, the amount of trash is actually mind boggling. But when you see a whole pickup truck and it's mounds of trash bags, that in and of itself is really overwhelming. But when you think of each person just having one bag, it seems more manageable. So, you know, I think when we all come together, it makes it so much easier for sure, because it requires more than one person for most things. We have to all work together. So anyway, yeah, a lot of examples of those. That's perfect. I love that. And I love the idea of like we've been talking about kind of this whole time that one vote makes a difference. One person makes a difference. We all have a place. Absolutely. My last question for you is if someone listening is interested in serving in his or her community, what advice would you give them? And I think you mentioned some organizations, but just Mm -hmm. in general, what advice would you give someone? The advice I would give is to step outside your comfort zone. I think that, see, this is funny because another thing I teach in high school is public speaking and debate. And we talk in my speech class about how everybody, everybody has a little bit of anxiety, you know, where we feel nervous about certain things. And anybody who says they don't, they are lying to you. And so I think sometimes, especially getting involved in something new, it makes us nervous. And I think it's easier for us to just sit in our own little bubble and say, somebody else will do it because I'm, I don't really know what to say, or I don't know what to do, or I'm not going to be of any help. It's easy to put ourselves down and think that maybe we can't make a difference. But the first step is to kind of put yourself out there, put aside that nervousness and make that phone call or send that email and say, you know, I'd like to help out. Is there something I can do? I think that's the first step is to just let go of that nervous feeling. But the other thing you have to let go of is the feeling that you can't make a difference because every single person can, regardless of your age or your financial status or anything else. Every single person has something to offer. And so I think we need to recognize that we all do have something that we can give. So I think that's my advice. I mentioned all the different organizations that most likely need help, but sometimes the hardest part is taking that first step and just saying, okay, I'm going to ask and see if there's something that I can do to help. 
That's perfect. Taking it back to the first step is so good. That's what you have some lucky students to be learning from you. (laughs) (laughs) You need to call them and let them know that. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) But no, they are great students. And I do, I do see future leaders and I see so much potential in them, but it's not even just students. I think sometimes adults will think that they're too old or they're you know not talented enough or whatever it may be. But I really do think that every single person has something to give. That's perfect. And even if you, like you were saying, if you don't feel like you have time, there are little teeny chunks and some can be done from home and some can be, Absolutely. you know, it's so varies everywhere needs help. Really? Yeah. Everybody needs help somewhere. Absolutely. Definitely. But it always will make you feel better. I don't think anybody ever provides service and thinks, well, that was a waste of time. I mean, nobody ever is going to feel that way. It's, it's, you know, and I tell my children this as well. I'm going to, cause I've dragged them to all kinds of things and they'll, they'll be, you know, it makes it sound like I have these wonderful children. Sometimes they are. And other times they'll say, mom, we don't want to go, or I'm tired, or I don't want, you know, I don't want to like the tombstones, for example, one of my kids went to that and she didn't want to because she had a lot to do. She was tired. I kind of woke her up. But even after she was done, the complaining in the car stopped and she talked about how fun it was. And I think that's going to be the situation for, for anybody, regardless of who we are. If we do provide service, it's so fulfilling. It makes us feel so much better about ourselves and knowing that we're making a difference. So it works both ways. You know, you're helping, but it really, a lot of that comes back on us and we feel so much better about who we are. So it's just worth it. So well said. That's perfect. Well, thank you, Amy, so much for all the service that you give in your community and for taking time to share all of your your, uh, community involvement with us today. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. If you are looking for opportunities to serve in your community, JustServe.org is a great resource. It connects reputable organizations in need with volunteers willing to serve all for free. Join us in future episodes as we hear from community leaders who are shining their lights and making a difference.